0: right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Girl Dad Discussions podcast. Our belief is we believe that the relationship between a daughter, a father and a daughter is one of the most important relationships in a woman's life. So our mission is to promote the daddy daughter relationship by spreading the voices of girl dads to the world and to give love and support to all of our dads and their daughters uh thank you guys for tuning in make sure you listen like subscribe and share with us uh, on our, our social media platforms make sure that you subscribe to the youtube channel uh, we share a youtube channel with our partner podcast the deal Heal with the deal to heal with e james podcast so make sure that you go to youtube look up the deal to heal with e james podcast and on that channel you'll also find the playlist for the Girl Dead Discussions podcast. So once again, thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James. <clears throat> Excuse me. And today we are here again with another guest. Uh, Mr. Kevin, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How you doing, man? How are you?
0: Man, I am good. I'm good. So great to, uh, to have you on. First of all, let me say thank you, because you could be doing anything else, but you're here with me. And so I want to... Uh, um, Thank you for that, for me and my guests, uh, me and my listeners. And um, just to start us off, Kevin, tell us who you are and what it is that you do.
1: Ah, well, I am Kevin Ferguson, a.k.a. Mr. Great Day. I am a motivational speaker um, and life coach. Uh, What I do is I help people shift their minds. Um, I help young people shift their minds to understand Uh, the world in a different way to achieve the success that they're looking to achieve. Everything starts in your mind. And when you change your mind, you change everything. If you think that you want to be an entrepreneur, if you think you want to get to the next level in your life, you think you want to get that promotion. um, If you have a goal in mind and you want to get to that goal, whatever it may be, um, there's something in your mind that's stopping you. And what I do is I help you figure that out and make that shift so that every day, it's always a great day. So that's me, Kevin Ferguson, a.k.a. Mr. Great Day. You can find me on every social media platform as Mr. Great Day. Um, TikTok has one that's Mr. Mr. Great Day with an eight. Everything else is Mr. Great Day. M-R-G-R-8-D-A-Y. Um, that is TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. I mean, I'm everywhere. And my goal really... Is to help you take make that mental shift to make every day a great day.
0: All right. All right. So uh thank you for that. Definitely for the work that you do. Um, but here we are on the Girl Dead Discussions Podcast because yes, you're yes, yes. girl dad. So how I sure am. you have? And what's your name?
1: I am a father of two. Um, Kaylin is my oldest, she's 13, and Cadence is my youngest she is six kaylin named cadence um, because we wanted to allow her to, to to name her sister and cadence as funny as it is she beats to her own drum <laughs> she really really does um, just a little bit about kaylin kaylin is 13 years old and she is now a sophomore in high school she just turned 13 in april um, cadence is six years old now and she is starting first grade um so if you know how the hierarchy goes she's supposed to be seven um before she starts first grade so kay Lynn skipped two grades and cadence skipped one grade so i've got some very very intelligent young ladies
0: oh man that's that's amazing that's amazing mm-hmm. i uh i graduated high school in three years instead of four years i'm uh, school <laughs> That's so, all right, but you got it done. To do it, but yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. I I tried hard to to do the double jump grade. They just uh between them not giving it to me or me not uh <laughs> making it. I didn't get it, so I made up for it in high school. So that's yeah, that's amazing. all you gotta do. Take them
1: classes in the summertime.
0: <laughs> right, right. So my question to you, uh, my first question that I always asked: What does it mean to you to be a girl dad?
1: Ah, what does it mean to me to be a girl dad? Um, That's a hard question to answer. To be a girl dad is to be a dad that is to um, foster a young lady that can come up in the world and really operate in true femininity from the masculine's perspective. And uh, I know that's kind of a little thick, but what I mean is that I wanna make sure that my daughters grow up understanding what a man's version of a like a good woman is. And so to be a girl dad, I have two daughters, and everything in me is to make sure that they go up. If I had a boy, it would be like go out and work and so on and so forth. But I wanna make sure that if my daughters go out and they work, that they can they can fend for themselves, um, but they also know what it takes to. You know be with a man like exist with a man i feel like the problem that we have in the world especially in the black community is that yes it's great to go out and be a successful woman and a powerful woman and those things however um there's a certain level that it takes there's a thing that it takes to be with a man um and it's very hard for a mom to teach a woman that she teaches her femininity but what does a man really want is going to come from her dad. And I think there's where the miss is, is that women are taught their femininity and they're taught how to fend for themselves, but they're not really taught what a man wants from a man's perspective. They're taught what a man wants from a woman's perspective. So being a girl dad, I feel like it's my duty and obligation. God gave me two girls. So it's my obligation to give them as much as I can to fend for themselves. And then as they are fending for themselves, be able to exist with a man happy
0: okay okay so uh here's another question that i have for you as a as a father um we are always co-parenting but sometimes Mm -hmm. we co-parent in the same house Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the the mother sometimes we co-parent in in different houses how is your Mm -hmm. your uh parenting set up you know for your daughters are you guys able to co-parent in the same household
1: No, no, um, we're not. Um, And that's an unfortunate thing. It was always my hope uh, was to be able to co-parent within the same house. And that's hard, you know, as a dad, um, you know, that dynamic and getting them to understand. And originally it was in the same house. Um, It just when we had gotten to the point where my youngest said to her sister, Look, mommy and daddy are arguing. She said fighting, but she didn't know, but it wasn't fighting. It was just arguing. Mm -hmm. I just felt like, am I doing any good? If she's going to see the example of interaction between a man and a woman always bickering, what good am I doing by staying? And so the hardest decision to leave was because, yes, I'm kind of, kind of leave them without me physically there but if me physically being there means all they're seeing is two people arguing my grandmother always told me kids don't do what you say they do what they see Mm -hmm. and so what happens is is that they grow up seeing it's okay to fight with a man and then the man being a man stays around And keeps fighting, but these little girls grow up and think this is how it's supposed to be And so when they have peace in a relationship, they're uncomfortable because what they saw was Disruption what they saw is arguing and if they love their dad, then they think oh This is what you're supposed to do because your daddy's such a wonderful guy He's not a bad guy, but look at mommy always arguing with daddy. So if I get a good guy guess what I'm supposed to do? I'm going to follow suit. I'm going to do what I saw growing up. I'm going to argue with him about anything. It doesn't matter. And so even though I really, really wished that I could, it just made more sense for my daughters um, to exit um, and then form a co-parenting situation that at least when they saw me and their mom together, they see us healthy. Um, because we're in an environment that's together, like out, or we're doing something. We don't have to have those arguments in public, like in their face. Um, but then still be present as much as I possibly can. Graduations. I mean, I pick them up and I'll take them to practice. Um, I bring them with me. Um, if they have something over at the house, I can go over to the house and like, you know, like if I have to reprimand them, I reprimand them in their home. Um, if they're having like a a gathering with their friends, it's not like me and their mom have a harsh relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just that in the house, we were not seeing eye to eye, so I made decision. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and so the the reason why I asked that because uh, me myself also, you know, I was uh, in the same house with my daughter until me and her mom divorced. And then of course, you know, I moved out and that whole situation. But I, I, the reason why I asked, because it is a reality, you know, and I, I definitely want, this show to speak to all the aspects of being a girl dad. And that's just mm-hmm. part of it. You know, a lot of times yeah. we are in different households. So we have to parent differently, mm-hmm. you know, than we was uh, when we were in the same household. So that's the only reason I asked that um, because, you know, within everything that we say, and even the words that you just said, you know, I just don't want this podcast to be entertaining, but I want it to be information. So my my yeah. very first guest, uh, is a friend of mine and he just had his daughter, which is also his first child, you know? So she, when he was on, she was only like two months, you know, mm. so he's was like, new, new, Right. And so I always think of him whenever I'm recording. And so it's was like, what can I say? Or what can we give information to him? Cause he just getting started. You know what I mean? So that's why, that's why I asked just, just to be able to have more, uh, um, depth Content, you know, in, yeah. the conversa- in the conversations yeah so uh, with your daughters so you got two daughters so when it came to uh, first of all how did you find out that you were going to be a father uh, both times like was it planned or was it just like hey I think we are uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah the, the, so to be honest, um, <laughs> the very, very first time, their mom didn't think that she could even have kids. Um, we had been together for quite some time and off and on, um, but she didn't think she could have kids. And I remember saying to her, Well, um, if we're going to be together, you gonna have kids. Like, cause I'm going to have children. So, I don't care. The doctor, they basically told her that she would never have kids. And I, I always told her that I was like, oh, the doctor knows know what they're talking about, because if you're going to be with me, we're going to have children. But she never thought that she could have kids. And so, you know, you got the birth control situation. And then because of that, she just eventually, when we had got to a certain age and we were kind of dealing, we were do- dealing for a good period of time strong. And she was like, I'm just taking this stuff for, for no reason. It was giving her health complications. And so, you know, it was there. Um, but it was just one of those things where for a long time nothing was really happening so she kind of felt like that she couldn't have any kids but I always knew I was going to have kids when I was 16 years old I opened a U Promise account so if that's not faith beyond the grain of a mustard seed I don't know what it is I'm 16 years old I'm like I'm about to open a college fund for my kid who I'm not going to have until 14 years from now <laughs> Um, and so um I I knew I was going to have children like I just knew that. And then my oldest just kind of came like it was just one of those things where I came home one day and um we didn't live together at the time but I came home and she was there and if I remember this correctly she had a like a card and it was like a little poem. I don't remember the poem exactly but it was like a little a little poem and I was just reading it and you know it didn't make any sense. And then I kind of flipped it over and it was like, you know, um, welcome the newest member um, of the Ferguson household. And it was the ultrasound picture, which was really, really cute. Uh, But that's how I found out But she was ecstatic because she didn't think she could have kids. and Of course, me, I was like, I told you, I told you. (laughs) So that's how I found out. My second one, um, that was. That wasn't as cute as the first one, um the second one, to believe it or not, was off the heels of a stillborn um that was my son, and um and it was a long time, like it was thirty i think thirty weeks, like like thirty weeks like all the way, you know, um, and then we got a no fetal tone, and that was really hard on her, and as a man, I just felt like. I like, man, you know, like it's my obligation now to give her another shot. She wanted to give another shot. So with my youngest, we were trying. Um, my my daughter had gotten all excited about her brother and all of those things. And then, you know, it just didn't happen. And so my daughter was upset. Um, and so I just said, all right, well, when you're ready, you know, we'll just just you know, get that out your mind. Look, that's fine. We can just do it again. And um yeah, I think what do they tell you after after child after after childbirth, you're not supposed to you gotta wait seven weeks. And you know me, fake the size of the grave of mustard seed So I was like, seven weeks, that's cool. Um and um so we waited seven weeks or whatever, because that was after the after the stillborn. And then um yeah, then it was funny because that one was, and I always say as a man, I always kick these guys out here to say they don't know. You know, you know when the baby goes through, right? You just, That was a baby. So I um, I remember saying it was li- literally one shot, one kill. It was pie. I said, all right, we're done. And she was like, get out of here. I was like, mm, watch. And literally two weeks three weeks later she brought the little thing <laughs> i was like hey <laughs> i told you you me short <laughs> shot so um <laughs> so i knew that one was there um i was just really confident there and so then that's when my second my second daughter and that was a seven year gap so um and the seven years obviously because of uh my son not, not making it so um so that's how i found out on both times and that's kind of the experience there and so my my youngest and that was why we let my oldest name her because she was so excited before i had to go through that trauma and um yeah and so then cadence came about and she's been a joy ever since she's just um she's funny husky voice just deep just 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 a unique child she's she's great
0: okay cool cool i know my um uh, my mom did uh a similar uh thing with us we didn't name our 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 Younger sisters and brothers, so it's it's nine of us, right? Oh wow, one, one of the things that she did do, whenever she when she had a child, she brought the child home and then she would give it to the ch- the one right above it. So when my mm. brother was born, my brother is one year and eleven days, literally, <laughs> younger mm. than me. So when she brought him home from the hospital, she gave him to me and said, "This is your, you know, this is your baby. You gotta, you know, look out for him, whatever." And so she did that with each of us. With the one hmm. that was right over us, you know, um, which was cool because it, it started early, that bond that we have for, you know, one another, you know, looking out for each other. So that was cool. So, how how was your experience, you know, with your daughters as as babies, as first, especially with your first daughter, being your first child and a daughter, you know, just as a baby, how was that experience?
1: So I always said that my first child, um, was a child. She was perfect. She was a child. She was smart. She was reading by like she was reading like by like three or four months. Like she could recite words and things like that. So like um, b- she could barely walk and she could tell me like put the microwave on 30 seconds. Um, so she was easy as pie uh, because she could communicate so, um, so well. So she was a child. Um, and then my second child was a kid. And I always told their mom, I say, you know, you got lucky because your first one was a child. Like, she was so perfect. And, you know, here, take my bottle. And, you know, even when she nursed, when she was done, she just had a little dismount. You know, all the kids, when they're nursing, have a dismount. Um, so she's had a nice little dismount when she was done, um, not leaving her mom exposed. She would let her know. All of these things. And then my youngest, um, she's a kid. You know, she... Seven weeks old, rolled off the bed, uh, was climbing out the crib, came downstairs. When she was done nursing, she'd just dismount and just roll off and just expose everything. She didn't care. Uh, (laughs) She just doing her thing. Um, So she was the kid. So that was the experience of them both. One was a child. Uh, Mummy, I mean, mummy, I'd like some pink milk. Um, can you please play my CD player? Like, literally, that's how she would talk because she could communicate so young. Um, repeat and track, mommy. Repeat and track. And repeat and track was on the car. It said repeat. And then the next thing was track. So, because she was in a car seat looking forward, she would say repeat and track, like push, repeat. For that track because she wanted to hear that track in the loop so this is my oldest so she was easy like i could always tell what was wrong with her and you didn't have to figure it out and she told you i'm wet she told you i boo boo she told you because she could understand communication the youngest not at all not at all she just she's crying just It's almost, they're polar opposites. So I got the kid and I got the child and they both are a joy uh, to experience. My child um, is still a child. Every single time she can communicate so effectively to me and my kid is still, just (laughs) for no reason. And I still can't figure it out. So that's the experience of them both. (laughs) Okay, Okay. so
0: you have two daughters and, and, and both of them Seem to be like amazingly intelligent. So, yes. tell me something that your daughters has taught you. Um,
1: well, my 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 daughters teach me stuff all the time, but my oldest really taught me something that I could teach everyone because she was so smart. I recognized that children. They understand so much more than you think that they do. My daughter was able to talk so young and read so young that I did like because of that, she communicated with us in a manner that I feel like most kids can't communicate with their parents. So she taught me why she was crying and, and what was going on and how come these things were happening. And so what I learned from her was that children are aware of way more than you think that they are. And when I say children, I mean three months old, six months old, nine months old. Before you think that they understand, they understand. They just can't talk. And that's what we have to understand. A kid understands way more than you think. They just have to get the speech. They have to learn English. And they haven't. But my daughter learned English so young. One time she was in the car. And she's crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? This is like, I'm like, what's wrong? She's, oh, and so I'm looking at the seatbelt. I'm checking her diaper. And this is Danielle, and the other is, daddy. I want to go to GameStop. (laughs) Now, she's seven months old, eight months old. She can read. We had never been to GameStop a day in our life. She's crying because she's looking at GameStop and she's excited because she sees something over there. So as a dad, she told me that the only reason she was crying wasn't because she was wet, wasn't because she was hungry, wasn't nothing. She just simply wanted to go to GameStop. And it was like, oh, so this kid read the sign, GameStop, looked in the window, saw that it looked fun, and started crying because she didn't know the other words to say anything about what that place was until I asked her, and then she said, I want you to go to GameStop. <laughs> and so she taught me that. My youngest um, taught me the perception of children so young that she is a complete fashionista. Now, she had to have been just walking. So maybe a year, year and a couple months old. And I remember my oldest was going to Girl Scout. So I'm on full blown daddy duty and her mom leaves all the, all the clothes and all this stuff. So, okay, no problem. Um, so I get my youngest dressed. And so this is a similar story, but just different because my youngest is the creative one. So I get my youngest dress. She's got on a hot pink and black uh, outfit with a little, you know, a little Nike sign or whatever, and these shorts, socks. And then I picked out some black and hot pink shoes. I'm doing it, right? So we do this. I take her off the table. She can barely walk. So I put all her clothes on. She can't put her clothes on herself. I put her down. I'm putting her shoes on. She's kicking her shoes off. And I'm like, well, why are you kicking your shoes off? And i like, I wear these shoes. And I'm like, why are these shoes, they match? So I'm, you know, I'm trying to teach her, no, okay, these shoes match, look. So I'm showing them close to her, nah, I don't want to wear these shoes. And I'm like, man, so I put the shoes back on her, so then I get daddy on her. You're going to put these shoes on. So I put the shoes on, you know, she, so now she won't walk. She's falling all out, she don't want to walk. Um, and so I'm like, you going to put these shoes on. These shoes, I don't like. with these shoes on. So after maybe five minutes of going back and forth with her, I'm like, I remember my oldest. Okay. You know what? I, I give up. W- why, what shoes do you want to wear then? She walks over to her drawer and she pulls out these silver high top shoes. Right. So I'm looking at them and I'm like, no, these shoes match. Look at the pink and the black with the pink and the black. I want to wear these shoes. So now I'm like, she's a girl. She can do whatever she wants to do. That's fine. Okay, we put these shoes on. So we put the shoes on, we tie them up. She's wiping her eyes and she's giggling. And then she's now she's excited. So I stand her up, she goes walking down the stairs and gets to the bottom step, and she jumps off the bottom step. Boom! The shoes light up pink. Right. And I'm like, man. (laughs) So I'm like, that's why you wanted to wear these shoes. And then when she turned around, I looked at the shoes. And the shoes matched the outfit better than the shoes that I picked because the Nike had a silver Nike and a silver swoosh, which made everything come together and they lit up. So she had me shook. I'm like, yeah, okay. All right. These kids are way more aware. She had superior sense of style. She is six years old and she will ask for a blazer. She said, I want to wear a blazer today. Now, you know, women, girls don't, kids especially don't, women don't wear blazers anymore. My youngest wants to wear a blazer. I want a blazer. She calls it by name, Ernest, blazer. She said, I want to wear a blazer today, daddy. I said, a blazer? Yes, I want a blazer. <sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> so that's what those two have taught me. It doesn't matter how young they are they know what they want. They just have to catch up to the speech or the English language to be able to communicate. And if you listen well enough and you kind of try to track with them, you can have a much better time as a person because they, they're way smarter than we know.
0: All right, right, right. So <laughs> uh one of the things I, I mentioned about uh when my daughter was younger, when she was uh probably like seven or eight, uh she had a daddy-daughter dance. And mm. I always wanted to take her to the daddy-daughter dance. And Um, so it came up and I had to work, right? Mm. So I said, well, I'm gonna miss this one. I'm gonna catch the next one. So my daughter just made 20 this year. Uh, it never Mm. was the next one, you know? And so that's one of the things, uh, it don't bother her, Mm. you know, she don't care, but it still bothers me. You know Uh what I mean? So as a dad, is there anything, uh, thus far that, you know, either you could, I guess you could consider that regret. I always say that's one of the things I regret as a father that I didn't take that time, you know, uh, for that. So as a father now with, with your daughters, do you have any uh, anything maybe that you uh, regret or would just probably like, if I could do something different, you know what I'm saying, concerning my daughters, uh, you know, whatever, raising or just event or something, you know, what would that be?
1: Hmm, that's a really good question. Um... You know, that's, and I'll tell you why this is hard, but I'm going to I'm dig for it. You know, I missed a great day. You got to do your mind shift. You got to see the positive in things. And so I recognize that, you know, early on that there's going to be things that you miss. Um, my youngest, I would say the regret is she, at such a young age, she didn't get what I consider the safety that my oldest did. Like, you know, being able to walk down the street you know, with mommy and daddy next to each other and do that little thing where they swing. And she does it, you know, every once in a while. Like if if there's like an event or something, like when my when my oldest uh, graduated and, you know, I walked over to the car and then, you know, I'm walking back to the car to put in her car seat, she was able to do that. But that is what exposed that, oh, she doesn't get a chance to do that. Or she doesn't get that, opportunity to get up in the morning and go hop in the bed right between mommy and daddy um, that my, my oldest did. So with my youngest, it's those things. I I know that that's a level of security, but because my kids are so far apart, um, my oldest kind of has taught me that they forget. And as long as you make memorable moments, um, these things, they forget. And I know this because my oldest, we took her, I I still own a house that she grew up in and she's 13 now. And she hadn't been back there in let's say four years or since she was like six. And now she's 13. And we went back there and I was like, yeah, this is your room. She just blank. You don't remember this? And she's like vaguely. So, something in their memory kind of puts that really, really vague. So, that's where I find peace. But as an adult and as a dad, when I see that she's missing out on some of those little safety things, like, you know, kids, when you're together and you have your carrying the kids, they like to push mommy and daddy's face together, watch you give them a kiss, you know, sit right between you guys at the movies. They like to do things like that. And so, my youngest is not getting that experience. Um, And I'm trying to make up for that. But that would be um, something I regret. As far as my oldest goes, um, luckily for her, I think she was a little further along. So the transition um, was probably harder for her. But the regret is not there because I recognize that she's going through more of a developmental thing. And she needed to see less arguing and more of a positive environment Um, because now she's like this with her mom. And if she saw me and her mom doing this and heard her mom do, it, now that's chaos. Mm-hmm. And so what I may have regretted there, I don't because I can see that that was that was thing. But definitely with my youngest, I definitely regret some of those moments because I always you know I want my kids to have those, you know all of that, you know mm-hmm. but but you can't
0: yeah 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 so on the opposite side you know speaking on the opposite side of that what would you say was one of your greatest uh accomplishments as a as a dad just having them you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so my greatest accomplishment um that's i think that's hard because they're so young still um and i guess they're kind of just meeting my expectations but um my greatest accomplishment as a dad has been for her but oldest i would say is just um having that like really having that relationship like my daughter knows she can come to me for everything like it is really a that is my baby girl like i can see her light up when we're around and we have a good time um and you said besides having her, it's like being a contributing factor in her being so confident and so willing and daring and smart. And, you know, a couple of grades up, you know, what I mean, And walking my daughter into high school um, at 10 years old, because <laughs> um, she actually was in high school at 10. Um, and she had just turned 10. So technically a nine year old, 10 year old walking into high school. Um, to know that I contributed to that was probably my greatest accomplishment with her. Um, I don't think I've hit my greatest accomplishment with my youngest yet because she's coming around to herself. She's just now um, coming into her personality. So she's just really just just there. So I'm hoping to foster her artistic um, side and make that little fashionista real fashion over. Um, but so now that we're talking though, my, my youngest learned the stock market um, Kay, when, how are you? Kay I learned the stock market when she was seven. And so I taught her when she was three, I sat her in my lap and I basically said, green is good. Red is bad. And so we, we started to learn green is good. Red is bad. So we opened up my stock and I said, well, how is this stock doing? Bad. How is this stock doing? Good. And I remember a time when we were going to great America. And she was seven years old, eight years old, and we went past um, Walmart. So she had her stock portfolio, and she said, "Dad, um, I want, I want to, I want to see my stock portfolio." And I said, "Well, why? It's doing good." And she was like, "Yeah, I want to. Um, ah, if I remember this correctly, she wanted to move her stock from something." to like Walmart or Home Depot because she always sees a lot of people in those stores. And because a lot of people are in those stores, then, oh, Fannie Mae, that's what it was. We had her stock in Fannie Mae. She said, I, wanted to, I want to sell my Fannie Mae stock. I said, why do you want to sell your Fannie Mae stock? She was like, because every time I drive past Fannie Mae, there's nobody in their store." But every time I go past Walmart or like Home Depot, I want to buy a stock at Home Depot or Walmart because it's always people in their parking lot. Here's the thing. Fannie Mae that she invested in was Fannie Mae, the loan company. She was looking at Fannie Mae, the candy store. And when she drove, when we drove past it, she said, dad, I don't want no my money in Fannie Mae because there's no cars in the parking lot. Obviously, nobody wants what they have. But when I go past Walmart and I go past Home Depot, there are cars in the parking lot. So for my little girl at seven years old to A, have enough strength to go to her dad and say, sell my Fannie Mae. I don't want this. But the smarts to say, because when I look at Fannie Mae, there's nobody in the parking lot. Now, granted, she was seven, so she didn't understand and I told her that that's not the same Fannie Mae, but I just, that it was a great accomplishment for a seven-year-old girl to be able to make the association that basically supply and demand. If there's nobody in these parking lots, then I don't want my stock in this company. So that looked girl, you wait till she's 17. That's a millionaire, I promise you. So that's my, that's my greatest accomplishment with her. Yes, yeah. It just took a minute for me to get it. There it is, for sure. <laughs> But that, As matter a matter of fact, if anybody girl. watch this podcast, I'ma put that, I'ma put that up on my YouTube so that people can see that conversation. Cause I caught it on video when she asked me that.
0: Yeah, that that's amazing, man. That's amazing. You definitely have some uh very brilliant uh daughters, man. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we gonna we're gonna jump in real quick to the uh the next segment. Of the podcast called the Getting to the Core Segment. So to get to getting to the core segment, um, for for all my listeners, make sure you guys go to ebooksbyejames.com. So you can get the ebook, the core four, which is the core, the four core values that every daughter should get from her father. And so uh, just in case, um, Kevin, you didn't get it. uh, You don't remember exactly what it was. So the core four values uh, is the ebook that I wrote um taking into consideration what i believe to be the, the four core values you know uh-huh. that we need to instill into our daughters and so uh, the values are uh guidance affirmation love and affection and protection uh-huh. right so that's guidance affirmation love and affection and protection so uh-huh. out of those four you know with your own daughters what would you say would probably be the most uh, important to you personally to instill in your daughters?
1: Uh, affirmation. Um, I'm writing a book called The Positive Shift. And one of the main things that I go into is self-talk. Um, affirmations is forming your self-talk. And I believe that daughters especially need to be affirmed um, by a man. And that affirmation is really acceptance. And so, when you reassure your daughter that she is loved, when you reassure her daughter, like, okay, so the reason is affirmation, and it's great because I always say, from from when my children popped out, I give them a self affirmation. It just I wait for God to give it to me. So with my oldest, she's number one, and I always tell her that. And so I ask her, "Who's number one? I'm number one. Who's number one?" I'm number one. And since when she was a kid, I would say, who's number one? I'm number one. Who's number one? When she couldn't talk. So then when she could finally talk, who's number one? And she had to repeat it back. I'm number one. Who's number one? I'm number one. And I know you're in the Chicagoland area. If you ever meet my daughter, don't forget to say, who's number one? And watch her response. She's going to say, I'm number one. What I want her self-talk to be is I'm number one. Like I'm number one in my heart. I'm number one. Now, number one does not necessarily mean that you are the best or that you are. you're just number one. Remember that you're number one. That's the self-talk. That's the affirmation. And my youngest is the best. So I say, who's the best? She says, I'm the best. Who's the best? I'm the best. Who's the best? I'm the best. I'll say to my youngest, who's number one? She'll say, Kaylin is number one. But I'm the best. I can say to my oldest, who's the best? She'll say cadence is the best, but I'm number one. Right. And so I have given them that since childbirth. And so to affirm your child and to start to give them affirmations and to reassure them, because affirmation is reassuring them and then giving them affirmations to say back. I feel like that goes a long way because it gets into their core. Like you said, the core four. it gets into their core. And there's a movie called In and Out, I believe it is. It's um, where it talks about core memories, and I feel like when you have affirmation, those core memories stick with them. And when they go through and times get tough, guess what? My kids are gonna say whatever their dad affirmed in them. You're number one. Don't ever forget that, right? You're the best. Don't ever forget that, and they'll remember. Look, man, my dad always says I'm number one. Right. And so I think that that's there. And I always tell them you can do it Um, when we go running. I'm a winner. You can do it. Like I give them affirmations to get through things because I feel like when I'm gone, those affirmations are going to remain right here. And she's saying it again and again and again. And when she hits adversity, she's going to remember she's number one. And she's going to remember I'm a winner. I can do it. I'm a winner. I can do it. So we run five K's. And when she gets tired, I say, what is it? And she says, I'm a winner. I can do it. All right, let's go. And so while she can't breathe, while it's tough, while it's hard, let me hear it. I can do it. I'm a winner. Let me hear it. What I'm doing is programming her. So when life gets tough, I can do it. I'm a winner. Because it feels nasty to run and you can't breathe and your body's ready to stop. I can do it. I'm a winner. I can do it. I'm a winner. If you can do it while you feel like this, no matter what you're facing, what you're gonna to start to remember is I can do it. I'm a winner. So affirmation is hands down my number one.
0: All right, all right. So last question, and I'm going to let you get up out of here. The last question is: is I, again, I wrote the core four, but if it could be a fifth one, and you could add the fifth value, what would you add?
1: Say them again. So we have affirmation, right.
0: guidance, affirmation, love and affection, and protection.
1: God is affirmation, love and affection and protection. Um, Man, I hate to say this because it sounds so uh, it sounds so worldly, but money management. I feel like all of our kids need it, um, but like that is a way to navigate the world like we can we can do all of this field and this stuff but then as a man i want to give you something hard that you can now go in and do so if i could add a fourth core of the core four like that's all great but now how do i manage the the thing that i call money and i should probably not say money management but resource management that's probably better because money is just simply a resource but if you Know how to manage your money, you recognize that. So I really think that the fifth one that I would want to add is how to manage the resources that you have. Is that resources and people? Is that resources in time? You know, resource management. If you can manage your resources, then you're going to be okay. And I want my baby girls to know how to manage their resources so that they don't have to depend on a man that they can be dependable to a man. And I think that that is huge if you can be dependable to a man and not have to depend on him, then I, you know that we all look into that, so that's what I'm trying to put out here in this world,
0: <laughs> okay? Cool, cool. So, Kevin, uh, first of all, let me say again, thank you for being on, thank you for being a part. Uh, of the girl, dead discussions. I want you to leave us. Uh, I want you to have the last word. Leave us with a, a, um, you know, word of advice or or uh, something like that. For again, mm-hmm. like if I always think about my my friend, with, who's newly mm-hmm. on this girl, dead journey. You know, if you could think of a, a tip or something like that to leave him with. I um, will give you a minute to to think about that. For uh, for my listeners, first of all, let me say thank you guys for tuning in. Also, <laughs> uh, make sure you guys. Again, go to uh, check out our websites, the theDealHillFulfill.org website, uh, which is the business website where you find more about me as a speaker, as a podcaster, as a uh, workshop facilitator, and all of those things. Also, go to eBooks by eBooks by eJames.com where you can get the four core. Uh, ebook as well as uh, other ebooks that I have available. Make sure that you guys go check that out. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our text line. If you want to text the word subscribe to the number 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 to receive text messages about new episodes and uh, ebook uh, releases and information, event information. Also, Uh, I've been blessed to be a part of a organization called the Forgiveness Mission. And one of the things that we do is we have free virtual workshops every quarter of the year uh, where we talk about forgiveness, what it is, what it's not, what it means to forgive, uh, forgiveness of self and all of those um, uh, conversations like that. So uh, make sure that you guys go Check us out at theforgivenessmission.com. Again, it's free virtual workshops that we have every quarter of the year. Whenever you're listening to this, either one is coming up or one just passed. So make sure that you guys go check that out. Uh, Last but not least, to my listeners, um, I wanted to tell you how you can win $100 from the podcast by joining our super subscriber contest. First thing that you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube page, our Facebook page and our podcast on Spotify, then text the word win W I N to the number 866-3260730 to qualify to win a hundred dollars. You're already listening, so you might as well uh, you might as well join it and, and get some money, right? So the contest is ongoing and it's random. So at any time or any day I can pull a name and if that name is yours you win a hundred dollars just like that. So make sure that you guys are checking that out. Um, again, Kevin, thank you once again for uh, blessing our listeners with your uh, advice. Um, leave us with the last word. Leave us with a word of advice, inspiration, have you see fit, and then make sure that you tell us again your uh, social media handle so we can follow you. So the floor is
1: yours. Gotcha. So as a girl dad, I think that you go from the mindset um, that, Similar to what we say, be the change that you want to see in the world. A lot of us are complaining about the pool of women and we're blaming and we're, we're, we're angry and, you know, Kevin Samuels and Andrew Tate and so on and so forth. As a girl dad, you're blessed with the ability, whether you're with your the mother of your children or not, but you're blessed with the ability to develop the change that you want to see in the world when it comes to women. And so instill those traits, instill those things in your girls that you know you would want to have in your perfect wife. They are going to get their femininity from their moms. But what they what you want to try to do as much as you can is try to make your daughters the change that you want to see in the world. You want to see women that are dependent that are dependable to a man and not necessarily dependent on a man, then that is what you instill in your daughters and they will grow up and they will become that. Remember the reason that we are complaining now is because the dads in the past failed us. Don't fail your girls, give them the necessary tools to grow up, be successful in their houses And with their relationships, because they're going to be the nurturers of the next generation. I'm Kevin Ferguson, a.k.a. Mr. Great Day. Again, you can find me on every single social media channel. Mr. Great Day, M-R-G-R, the number eight D-A-Y on Instagram and every other handle. Um, And on TikTok, it is M-R period G-R eight d-a-y again i leave y'all with that it's always a great day
0: <laughs> all right all right we can't end it no better than that to my listeners thank you guys once again for tuning in to the girl dad discussions so go out and be great dads until next time you guys be blessed